SOS, uh, stat, the Morse code uh, emergency distress signal. Maybe some of you older folks know that. Or certainly the Navy people probably know that. It's kind of where it originated. Let me just read a little bit. It says, it's the language of Morse code. The letter S is three short dots, and the letter O is three longer dashes. And it says, you put them together, and you have SOS. These sounds represent the international call for help because they are easy to recognize, known simply today as SOS. It says, although SOS officially is just a distinctive Morse code sequence, that it is not an abbreviation for anything, in popular usage, though, it is associated with this phrase, save our ships, or save our souls, S-O-S. So due to its high-profile use, it says in emergencies, the phrase S-O-S generally used indicates a crisis or the need for action. This morning's message, S-O-S. Listen to it. Man, there you go, S-O-S.
right. How about that one verse? I will never stop marching. God's on the march looking for you. You send out that SOS. God will rescue you. Amen. You may be seated. Look, life is difficult. It's true, is it not? I mean, it just is. And as the end times rushing upon us, it's getting harder and harder, difficult. You hear news that just stuns you. You think, I'll never be stunned again. And then you wake up tomorrow and you hear something else. You hear about this law being passed or these uh, things being mulled around. You watch Virginia about ready to take everybody's guns. And you're like, Lord, what is going on in this place? Life is difficult. So listen to this word, and we get to the end, I'm counting on you sending out your SOS. You know, if you're out in the ocean and you're sinking and you send out no SOS, there's no one going to come. No rescue is going to take place. Psalms 103.14 says this, For he knoweth our frame, and remember that we are dust. You understand? Sometimes we like to think we're awesome. We're just awesome. I want to be like Mike. I want to be like LeBron. We can go to the moon, play golf on the moon. We're bad. Where are we? are awesome. You know, you're just dirt. You and I are just dust. That's all we are. And God says, I know your frame. He knows what you're going through. He knows how you're about ready to bend and break. And God says, I know and I remember that you are dust. Now listen, if it's true, dust isn't very strong. It's not strong at all. Dust can be blown around very easily by anything. It doesn't seem to have much staying power, nor does it contain great qualities. Because you and I are made out of dust and dirt. That's, how, that's what we are. And the Bible tells us it's not even in man to know what to do. And life can just be overwhelming. We seem to get lost easily. And I'm talking about us as Christian people. I'm not talking about the actual lost that don't know Christ. I'm talking about us who are supposed to know. And if you be honest, we do get lost. We wonder what's going on, what's up, what's down, what's right, what's wrong, what's white, what's black. Lord, where are you? <coughs> Job 14.1 says this, Man that is born of a woman is of a few days. It's true. Uh, now that I am uh, my age now and I look back and I see my children who are having children or who are adults, middle-aged, getting their adults, and then their children are driving, and then your children are having children. I'm like, man, when did all that happen? How is it possible? It was my little guys running around saying, get off the stage. You're not supposed to be up there. It's just crazy. So God says, man that is born of a woman is of a few. Absolute few days. And what's it say about it? Full of trouble. It is. And it can get worrisome. Very worrisome trouble. So he can, can considers that the days of man on this earth are short, man. And they're just full of trouble. And that word trouble means turmoil. It also means trembling. There are things in this life that just makes you tremble, does it not? There there is. And I'll be honest with you, um, all our young families that are having babies and all that stuff, we kind of go, isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? And sometimes we go, oh my gosh, that poor baby, what's it going to go through? Right? I just went out and had a dinner with my oldest grandson, and I told him, I said, well, Luke, you know, probably the Lord might not come back in my day. He might in your dad's day. He probably definitely will in your day. 
That's where we are, just full of trouble. We seem to always have some sort of trouble facing us. If you come out of a trial, you might be able to shake the dust off from the fire or dry yourself off from the water, the flood, and you usually end up going into a, another one. It just is. It's the way life seems to be. And so sometimes you have ever just felt lost in life. Seriously, I'm not trying to attack your salvation or Christianity. Sometimes I've sat in that office and I'm like, jeez, Lord, I just don't know what's going on. You ever feel like sometimes you're just kind of walking in circles, not making any headway? You don't seem to be, you just kind of preached a message years ago called Fret Circle. You know, like the circus ring, they've just whipped up a racehorse, you just run and run and run. You're like, you're all sweating, you're exhausted, you've gone nowhere, you've accomplished nothing. And at times, you might go, oh, but has it ever just seemed you've run out of faith? I mean, God, I don't know what's going on. I'm not talking about doubting the Lord. I don't know if I should be saved. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about life and in general and pressures and you're trying to believe God even though you don't see. You just, you ever gone to bed thinking you're going under? That's it? Well, I have. Job 3.25 says this, For the thing I greatly feared has come upon me, and what I dreaded has happened to me. It's like, I just can't believe what's going on, Lord. Through all the years of serving God and ups and downs, sometimes life has a way of just getting unbelievably heavy. I mean, isn't it true? Be honest. You're human, right? There's no super saints. Uh, if you're trying to be one, you're probably the most miserable because they don't exist. This is just life. I'm trying to put it right where we are. Proverbs 12, 25 says this, heaviness, anxiety, anxiousness, stress, that's what that word means, heaviness in the heart of a man maketh it stoop, wears you out, bends you over, exhausts you. That word stoop means to bow down in your heart. It means to be depressed. Nothing seems to get you up anymore. Heaviness, everything that's going on, the anxiety. The big thing is anxiety and stress today. Uh, the, the fastness of life and the phones and all that cool stuff has a, a bad side to it. Just causes us to be whipped up more like a racehorse. Still really accomplishing nothing. So you get this anxiousness and this stress, and then you go, man, Lord, not again. Not again. Here we go again. Psalms twenty-two, fifteen, 15, uh, New Living Translation says this, My strength has dried up like sun-baked clay. Now, I've felt that way. I have. My tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. You have laid me in the dust and left me for dead. Now, isn't that what stress does? Stress just gets you whipped up, you drop over, exhausted, and it leaves you for dead. There, good. There's another one. That's what it does. That's what stress and anxiety does. We have more people on stress medicine probably ever, ever in the United States, ever. So that's what it says. You have laid me in the dust and have left me for dead. It leaves you in the dust, dead. And it's a place, you know what? It's a place where fear and hopelessness becomes your boss. And they go, hey, you, yes? And they dictate to you. 
and they start ordering you around and bossing you around. So you're reduced to taking orders from fear and hopelessness. Absolutely, it's true. This is where we are as people. I think Job said it best. He did. Job 10, 22, he says this. It is a land as dark as midnight, a land of gloom and confusion, where even the light is dark as midnight. It just seems to be that way at times. Now, I know I'm painting a pretty tough picture, but life's pretty tough. And many times we find ourselves there, and maybe you're there this morning. You're not even sure if you're hearing God right. And I'm not questioning your salvation. I'm not. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> but it's just times you get whipped up and nothing seems to be working. You, you can't uh, make the uh, dots line up and this one's sick and then that one and this happens and that breaks down and work looks shaky. And then you're just like, Lord, what is, I'm not even sure if I can hear you correctly, God. I've told you lots of times through the years of preaching, many times the Word of God just seems blank. It just does because you get whipped up. Stress is doing its thing. Anxiety is doing its thing. And you cannot see or hear God very clearly. And we know where it comes from. It's all an enemy, but that's what he does. When we get stressed and stirred up, then Micah 3.6 tells us there, Therefore night shall be unto you. Sometimes you think you can hear God every time. It's just like awesome. And sometimes it's like, whoa, what happened? Where's God? Therefore, night shall be unto you. Then you shall not have a vision, and it shall be dark unto you, that you shall not divine. Sun shall go down over the prophets, and the day shall be dark over them. Then shall they, the, the seers be ashamed, and the diviners confounded. Yea, they shall all cover their lips. For that doesn't seem to be an answer from God. And Lord, I've been praying and praying, praying and hanging in there, doing whatever I can do. But God, I just don't understand what's going on. And where are you? Where are you in this? Isaiah 59, 10 says this. This is when the, the enemy kind of creeps in. It says, we grope like the blind along a wall. It's like, Lord, I believe you. I love you. I just... I just can't seem to get a handle on what's going on, and it can unnerve us. All of us seem to think somehow we're in control. We're really not. We're not, but we like to live like we are, and when that gets challenged, man, we start to panic. We grope like the blind along a wall, feeling our way like people without eyes. Even at brightest noontime, we stumble as though it were dark. Among the living, we are like the dead. Life can do this to you, can pound you down into the dirt, thing after thing after thing, situation after situation, and you almost become lifeless. Goes on and says, we growl like hungry bears, we moan like mournful doves, we look for the justice, but never comes, we look for rescue, but it seems far away. And when I read that, I thought immediately of the Titanic, Remember? It hit, it was sinking and going down, looking for rescue, but they were, was it the Capernaum or something far away? They were far away. Job goes on and says this, I can't even eat for sighing. My groans pour out like water. Sometimes I have visited you, different people through life, loved one dying, you're struggling, various things going on, and you just feel like you don't even want to eat anymore. You're just like, I'm not, I'm not hungry. 
So it says, my groanings pour out like water. What I always feared has happened to me. What I dread has come true. I have no peace, no quietness, no rest, only trouble. True? <laughs> Aren't you happy you're here today? Look, let's not pretend it's true. Life has curveballs, fastballs. It doesn't care if it beans you. It doesn't care if you're hurting. It doesn't care if you're benched, if you're thrown out of the game. It just mows over you. And let's say it like it is, because we do have someone that's ready to rescue us. We get so exhausted, our hand falls off the, the code, the Morse code. Mark says this, and when Jesus was passed over, again by ship on the other side, much people gathered unto him, and he was nigh unto the sea. He says, Behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, and when we saw him, he fell at his feet, and besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her, that she may be healed and she live. So every time we have prayer meetings, we gather together for uh, answers that we think should come by God when we think it should come. Mark 5.35 says, While he yet spake, there came one of the rulers from the synagogue that uh, said, Your daughter's dead. Why troublest the, ma the master? Has something just died in you recently? Something? Maybe a relationship? A situation that just kind of overcome you? You were promised the position, the job, didn't get it. It's dead, it's gone. While he spake, there came another and says, your daughter's dead. Why? Why trouble? Believing God the best you can. The best we can. We try, I try. We try to believe God. Try to encourage. Try to speak words. And then the doctor calls. And you're like, oh, Lord. No. No, God. How about David? How about this part in life? You been here? David says this, Psalms 41.9, Yes, my own familiar friend in whom I trusted, which did eat of my bread, hath lifted up his heel against me. My own friend. My dearest friend. New Living Translation says this, Even my best friend, the one I trusted completely, the one who shared my food, has turned against me. You say, man, we've, we've been buddies way back in high school. All the way back. I, I don't understand. He'd always come over to my house. We'd horse around. We played. Whatever it is. I can't believe it when you become betrayed. And if you follow the Lord, that's going to happen to you. You will. God doesn't tell you just all the cherries that are in this Word of God. He tells you the difficult. He says, I'm speaking the truth to you. So maybe you're suffering, oozing and bleeding from betrayal. From a friend, someone you just never thought. How about this next one? Have you ever found yourself looking up from the bottom of a pit? How did I get here? How did that happen? I was just attempting to serve the Lord, trying to live for God. And when they saw him afar off, even before he came near unto them, they conspired against him to slay him. And they said one to another, Behold, this dreamer cometh. Here comes the dreamer. 
Come now, therefore, and let us slay him. Cast him into some pit, and we will say, Some evil beast has devoured him, and we shall see what will become of his dreams. And Reuben heard it and delivered him out of their hands and said, Let us not kill him. Reuben said unto them, Shed no blood, but cast him into this pit. That's exactly what they did to their own brother. 23 says, It came to pass when Joseph was come unto his brethren, that they stripped Joseph out of his coat, his coat of many colors that was on him, and they took him and cast him into a pit. And the pit was empty, and there was no water in it. Isn't that interesting that they would say the pit is empty? There wasn't a ladder. There wasn't any food. There wasn't a pitcher of water. It was their objective to just get rid of him in the pit. And he's just serving God, living for God, all of a sudden shut from the back. And there he is. Lord, how did what? Not betrayed, and they never look back. And life has totally changed. Uh, the ministry has opened our eyes a lot through the years. I still remember the first person ever in what we would call our ministry that said, I'm out of here. I was like, what? Nuh-uh. No, no. Because in the beginning, I'd always tell the Lord, Lord, we want to put, we want to make it right. The ministry right. We want to do it right. And I'm assuming everybody's going to see that and feel that and want that. And something didn't go right or something they didn't like and left. That's 30-some years ago. I still remember the person, the face, what I was driving, and where I was. And for a long time, for a long time, I waited for the person to come back. I did and say, geez, I'm a loggerhead. I'm sorry. Yeah, just didn't. Just didn't. And Ruth and I would go, we can't. How did this? Why? It happens to you, doesn't it? Every one of you, probably every, if you have any amount of life, years, you've been betrayed. And it's hard. It is so hard to take, but it happens to us. It does. The Lord lets us go through these things. He does. Lamentations 121, New King James says this, They have heard that I sigh, but no one comforts me. Lots of times when you're going through trials, probably almost every time you're going through trials, you feel like everybody's abandoned you. These are all tricks and schemes and plans of the enemy. No one cares. That church doesn't care. Pastor doesn't care. You think they'd call. You think something. A lot of times we might not even know what's going on. But still, that's what happens. They've heard that I sigh. No one comforts me. And my enemies have heard of my trouble, and they're glad. People can be glad. And you're feeling so alone and abandoned. Problem is, we look for our help in the wrong places all the time. We all go through these. Every one of us go through these different degrees, various degrees. I don't know why this happens to that family, and that happens to this family, and it doesn't seem to happen to that. 
But we all go through this world and life and it's so difficult to handle at times and life seems to be unbearable. And then you feel alone. And by the way, that's where the enemy wants you. He wants you there. Verse 22, that says, uh, the, the tail end of verse 22, he says this, For my sighs are many and my heart is faint. Maybe you're there today. Maybe you are. Maybe you should have your hand on that code and start ready to send out, save our souls. Maybe you're the captain of your ship, you know, the USS DiVincenzo, the captain of the ship. And if I think our ship is taken in water and I don't know what to do, it's getting very dangerous, I better start sending out the SOS. Lord, save our souls. Lord, save our souls. Many times we've gone to bed wondering about the USS New Hope. We've sent out many, Lord, save the ship. Save our ship, Lord. And then another tidal wave comes and you go way over. and you're That's life. That's where you are. That's where I am. That word faint means sick. Have you ever had that just deep, sick feeling about things? inside you because of life and its difficulties. I know it's not a rah-rah. We have rah-rah messages around, but this is a real one. This is real where you are. I don't know what's going on in your life. I don't know about the phone calls. I don't know about the bills adding up. I don't know what the doctor just said or what you're waiting for or some test you're looking for, but we're all going through it. We're all out there. What I'm trying to tell you is this morning is a time that you can make a point to come to this altar and send out your SOS. Send it out to God and believe it. doesn't matter whether you think he hears, if anybody hears, if anybody's near. Remember, even under your breath, can't even whisper, I can't even whisper, I can't even take it anymore. Send out the SOS this morning and see what God does. Just see. Don't tell him what to do. Let's just see what happens. Joshua 2.11 says this, And as soon as we heard it, our hearts melted, and there was no spirit left in any man. Because bad news. I, I would skate through every physical. I would skate through every blood test, skate through every eye test. And it really was, it just was. I just did. And I can remember the, the one phone call I got maybe a few years ago that it was like, uh, your skating's over. And I had to come and see them about something. And I actually hung up in disbelief. I hung up and I was like, they must have got the wrong guy. Because nothing like that happens to me. It's the truth. They would, they would say to you, you realize your blood pressure is going through the roof. I'm like, no. And they would take it and show you and you better come back in three, mo- three, three months. Well, okay, you're good enough now. Just come back every six months. It's like, well, wait a minute. That stuff, you're talking about my dad or somebody else or people I go visit. This not not me, but it does. It happens to everyone, all of us. Bad news. As soon as I heard it, there was such a filthy dread that came over me in my office. If it was a... a a fun time, a nice time, the whole everything, like dark cloud just instantly rolled in. And I had to get a hold of myself or get a hold of God. 
because it was just there. That's sick, what? As soon as Jesus heard the word, remember? To Jairus' daughter, why trouble the man? As soon as they heard the word cancer, Jesus said, hey, don't fear. You can leave church full of faith, go home, there'll be a voicemail, call the doctor. Instantly, you feel like you're dying, you're dead. It's true. This is all horrible. What am I going to do? Speaking about Pastor Chuck, like I was earlier, I get these long updates about Pastor Chuck. I mean, they're long and quite detailed on what he's going through. And I can read it maybe once or twice because I didn't quite get it, and then I don't read them anymore. It's too much to bear. It's too much to listen to. I don't want to hear it. Drain tube from the neck, feeding tube from the stomach, being suctioned out four or five times an hour. I'm like, oh, I can't hear it. That's what new, bad news does to you. It puts you in that, that tizzy or that you just can't. I can't. Maybe you get into that or you like it, but I don't want to hear it. So we become, become over, overwhelmed with situations and circumstances. We almost lose sight of God. And sometimes I don't want to be around people. I just want to be alone. And sometimes I sit alone and I think, man, how come I don't even, why don't I bellow out like I, it's just sometimes it's just not there to be able to roar out and bellow out to God. Well, then said Elkaniah, her husband, to her, Hannah, why weepest thou? And why eatest thou not? And why is thy heart grieved? Am not I better to thee than ten sons? And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto the Lord, and she wept sore, meaning long time, out of control. And it came to pass, as she continued praying before the Lord, that Eli marked her mouth. And he, Eli said uh, now Hannah, she spake in her heart, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. It's all right if you're there and you're in that. You know what she was doing? She was sending out her SOS, even though she weight was on her so much that she couldn't even breathe. She was overwhelmed with grief or disappointment or another rejection or another this or another bad call from the doctor. And all she could do was just sort of kind of under her breath. Man looks at us and says, what's the matter with them? Well, she was sending out her SOS to God. Now, I know I've painted this pretty gloomish picture about life. But I want to give you an opportunity now to send out your SOS before God. That song has already sparked today. We're, we're going to sing that song again, but it can't be just a song. It's got to be, Lord, this is my SOS. A lot of us tell everything that's going on. Most of us keep it to ourselves. Send out that SOS this morning. Learn to trust in God and send it out and watch God take care of you and your children. Even those of you who have young children, and you might get a little undone when I say, 
Luke, he's probably coming back in your life because life's going to be so... Send that. You don't think God knew when he gave you a little child five months ago that he'd be born in difficult times? You just send out your SOS and ask God to take care of that child. Put the love of God in that heart. Don't them ever wonder. In fact, Lord, let them be awesome for you. Let them be what this world needs at the time that they become a young man or a young woman of God. Send that SOS out now and see what God does. Here's your SOS call. Psalms 18.6 says this, In my distress I called upon the Lord. When you're overwhelmed, things are out of control, us men think we have all the answers. We don't. We don't. You might know how to fix a bicycle chain. We're talking about eternity. Things that are out of our control. And so you call upon Almighty God. In my distress, I called upon the Lord, and I cried unto my God, and He heard me. He heard my voice out of His temple, and my cry came before Him, even unto His ears. And so as I sort of laid this out, this kind of a tough message with uh, tough things that go on, having to face them and look at them, sicknesses and disease and heartaches and disappointments and betrayals, being pushed into a pit. God says, I have a cold glass of water for you this morning. You bring that to me and I'll take care of it. I will continue to march to find you. I will fight in the darkest, hardest battle for you. All you have to do is send out that Morse code. And I plan on sending mine out. I do. I need to. Proverbs 25, 25 says, A cold water, as cold waters to the thirsty soul, so is good news from a far country. And the good news, no matter what you're going through, how bad, loss of a job, loss of a friend, children gone haywire, whatever it is, your own health, you can send out that Morse code today. S-O-S. S-O-S. I'm going to call the band back up because I want to give God time for this altar call to minister to you. Because here's your good news. Listen. It says this. The Lord says, Even your old age and gray hairs, I am He. I am He who will sustain you. I have made you. I will carry you. I will sustain you. And I will rescue you. And I can be honest with you and tell you as I get older, it bothers me as I think what might be coming, not what might, what will be coming my way just because of my age and everything I've seen in life and nursing homes and hospitals and blah, on and on and on, I hang on to the scripture. Even to your old age and gray hairs, I am he. I'm the one who will rescue. And I go, that's right, that's right. When the enemy gets me like this, you see that person in the nursing home, you see what happened to that person, look, unnerves me. I'm like my phone when the thing keeps going around and around and around. It's like clockwork, the enemy. As soon as I put my head down on the pillow at night, he's there. He starts almost immediately. 
goes around. And I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. My God said, he will rescue me. And I hope you're not sitting there, no matter what kind of health situation where you are in life, thinking, I'm good. No, you're not good. We're not. It says this, For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into a kingdom of the Son he loves. I want God to continue and always rescue me, even when I don't understand what's going on. It says this, Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from this present evil age. Lord, I need rescued this morning. Rescued from my thoughts. Rescued from my overwhelming fears. Rescued from all this stuff that seems to bombard me. Truth seems to have fallen in the streets. I think I continue to watch Fox and the trials and I keep praying that all lies will be discovered and truth will win out and I'll turn the TV on one day and seeing all the liars and betrayers to our nation being lined up and marched into jail. Doesn't seem like it's going to happen, Lord. And it can become overwhelming. So I want you to come to this altar this morning. I'd like you to stand and consider. And it says this, but the Israelites said to the Lord, We have sinned, and I'm sure you have, and so have I. Do with us whatever you think best, but please rescue us now, God. Me, someone like me, I need rescued mostly from my thoughts. My own thoughts, my own fret circle, my own fear that seems to engulf me, and all of a sudden hopelessness becomes my boss and fear dictates he goes hey and I go yes and I have to say no God no please you are my rescuer you are send out that SOS send it out that's our altar call make it serious send out that SOS to God as we sing again